BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network? One-on-one conversations with some of your favorite artists. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. What else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network? Sports Yak Podcast brought to you by Look Trailers. Searching for dedicated people to join their team. They're hiring immediately for skilled positions, including welders, starting at $21 to $25 per hour. Located only 24 minutes from Goshen, 9 minutes from White Pigeon, Michigan. Visit LookTrailers.com. Look Trailers is an equal opportunity employer. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Jack. Sports Jack. It's Sports Jack. Welcome to episode 314 of the Sports Jack podcast. You mean the Gaylord Perry episode? I know that I know this name. Two-time Cy Young Award winner, Hall of Famer, best known for, well, perhaps taking liberty with the rules of the game and using maybe a substance or two on the baseball to make it dart and move. 314 career wins for Gaylord, who spent some time with San Francisco, Cleveland, San Diego, Seattle, Atlanta. He knocked around the big leagues a little bit. His best years... Uh, he won the Cy Young in 1970 with the Giants and 1978 with San Diego. His brother Jim was also a terrific pitcher. They are the only brothers to be 20-game winners. And uh, my favorite Gaylord Perry story. So he has won the, the Cy Young Award in 1970. And I think his child at the time was five. And the Giants, I think, were in the playoffs that year. Maybe not. TV interviewer is talking to the child about father and, you know, are you proud of your dad, all that. And then the TV interviewer says, so does your dad throw a spitball? And the child says, it's a hard slider. (laughs) (laughs) Follow-up question, what was he putting on the ball? Many people thought it might be Vaseline, hair tonic, I mean, he started in the 60s when the spitball was, while it was illegal, it was not frowned upon as much. Then in the late 1960s, Major League Baseball kind of did a crackdown on that. So he switched, and so he might have a little Vaseline under the bill of the cap. He's the pitcher on Major League that's anything I can use. Exactly. Anything. That's that's. And, and what does the Vaseline do to the ball? It just makes it a little heavier on one side, so the ball's going to sink as it rotates in. Okay. All right. Same with 
And the same with any substance on a baseball. Or you'll see a pitchers now are accused of scuffing up a baseball. Maybe they'll they'll have an emery board or something like that in their mitt. They scuff it so the aerodynamics of the ball as it's spinning in there get altered and the ball has a little extra movement on it. I see a lot of uh, shifting of balls through a pitching... Right. If an umpire looks at a ball... He and sees says, the ball, he's out. Yeah. Now little dirt re- on it, little if, whatever. If he repeatedly sees scuff marks and that ball hasn't been hit, that's when he's going to ask questions. When was the last time that happened? Like a, like oh, a, la- last year I think it happened in a game. Yeah. yeah. Wow. All right. Family Broadcasting Corporation. Well, the crowd's going wild. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Presents... Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. It's on the way! It is! Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever! Well, blue gold game, Notre Dame football over the weekend. I saw that you attended with your family. It looked like a beautiful day. I did. It was a gorgeous day inside the stadium, a little windy. But uh, 17-3, to the blue wins. The score, rather insignificant. We all kind of knew that the defense was ahead of the offense. And then when you mix the units, so it wasn't like the number ones versus the number ones or the number twos. They mixed up the teams. Well, that's going to take away from your chemistry along the offensive line somewhat. And I think that was evident. Defense had a lot of sacks on Notre Dame quarterbacks. Most of those sacks were, I touched you because the quarterbacks were in red jerseys. Tyler Buckner, the freshman quarterback who hadn't really played competitively in two years, did not wear a red jersey because the Notre Dame coaches wanted him to have to show some escapability and, and see what he could do under fire. The biggest question I got asked after the blue-gold game was, well, who's the quarterback of this team going to be? And I think we, we kind of covered that when we had Pete Sampson on the show last week. But Jack Cohn did nothing to take away from the fact that everybody expects him to be the number one quarterback. Transfer from Wisconsin, very steady. He did miss a potential touchdown pass to Avery Davis, which I think would have skewed the way people looked at his performance. Overall, I think he was around 19 for 32. Um, Notre Dame had virtually no running game going because of the breakup of the offensive line. I don't think anybody expects that to be the case come the season opener against Florida State. But Cone Cone made some very good throws, some very difficult throws, outside throws to the hash marks and and whatever. He started his day with a nice about 30-yard pass to Avery Davis. Notre Dame used the tight ends a lot. He completed a lot of passes to tight ends. But he also had uh, a few balls dropped and, like I said, the overthrow on Avery Davis. Drew Pine, less than 50% completion, I don't think was really impressive as the number two. Tyler Buckner looked good. For a kid that hadn't played in two years, doesn't mean that he was perfect. He made quite a few mistakes, as you would expect an incoming freshman to make. But when he threw lasers, I mean, he had a drive right at the start of the second half where he threw four straight bullets, and you're like, whoa, this kid. And then he ran it in on an option run from about eight yards out. You can certainly see what the coaches saw in him, and you can see potential. Now, 
Would I want Tyler Buckner starting the season opener against Florida State on a night game on national TV as a freshman? No. I, I'd much prefer Jack Cohn do that, somebody who's been through the wars before. Do I think there are times where you might see Tyler Buckner on the field this year, a special package made for him, use him in certain situations? I think that's a possibility. Okay. Um, offensive line did not have a good day. Defensive line outplayed them. That was expected, again, because of the mixing and matching. Notre Dame has Kurt Heinisch is a strong young man. He got a sack one time. He took an offensive lineman and just shoved him back into the quarterback and just said, here, you two should get together. Um, the defensive secondary, eh, a little suspect at times. That was expected to remember their best player, Kyle Hamilton, sat out this spring, so he's not out there on the field. He's an eraser. He takes care of a lot of mistakes. I was impressed with the speed of the linebacking core. We know Chris Tyree and Kyron Williams are fast, and we saw guys like Jack Kaiser and Bo Bauer make plays on the perimeter and chase down running backs. That was good to see. Okay. How long does a blue and gold game last? First half, they play normal time schedule. Second half, they play with a running clock. So, 12.30 kickoff, and we were done by about 2, 2.15. Okay. Yeah. Did I see a stat over the weekend, Chuck, that Brian Kelly's now the coach with the most NFL players? Did I see something like that? Or, he, or in this particular draft? or He is he is the Notre Dame coach with the most NFL players. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of that is because of his longevity. Okay. So... Yeah, I mean... How many players uh, this past weekend in the draft? Well, let's see. I think there might have been nine that went this... Now, none in the first round, which surprised us because we all expected Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa to go in the first round. He didn't wind up going until the second round, and he was the third guy picked. Offensive lineman Liam Eikenberg and Aaron Banks went before Wu. Uh, Liam went to the Miami Dolphins. Banks went to the 49ers, so he'll be together with Mike McGlinchey out there, which will be nice for him. Jeremiah Wusukormo went on the 52nd pick to the Cleveland Browns. And the, Cleveland was the site of the NFL draft this year. And a lot of the Browns fans were watching from the home stadium, First Energy Stadium. Okay. They had it up on the big screen there. And... There, they they saw the selection of Koromoa, and they went wild. They felt like they really got a steal because this guy can play. He's he's kind of a hybrid player. He's got some speed. He'll hit people. I think he'll be a great fit in Cleveland. Then you wind up seeing Ian Book go to the New Orleans Saints in the fourth round, so early Saturday in fact, they announced at the Blue Gold game that was one of the loudest ovations at the Blue Gold game when they announced that Ian Book went to the New Orleans Saints. It's kind of ironic because you've got Drew Brees leaving the Saints to come do color for Notre Dame football, and you've got Ian Book, undersized quarterback, a little bit of a mole on his face. Kind of reminds a lot of people of Drew Brees going in the fourth round to New Orleans. Now he'll be behind Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. Uh, but that doesn't mean he can't compete for that job eventually. I don't think anybody expects him to compete for the job as a rookie, but see what kind of progress he makes. All right. And then you had guys, uh, Dalen Hayes went. I believe Dalen went to Baltimore. 
Adeo Gandeji went to Atlanta, and then Ben Skoranek, the the wide receiver, came to Notre Dame for just one year, grad transfer from Northwestern, had some big catches last year. He goes to the Rams in the seventh round. So a lot of lot of Notre Dame guys heard their names called. I know how the Bears feel about their pick because their Instagram was lit up. Justin Fields, your thoughts? I think Justin Fields is a good selection for the Chicago Bears. I said on this program, if I were picking, I'd pick Mac Jones. That's my favorite quarterback of the draft. Justin Fields has more mobility than Mac Jones. Where did Mac end up going? Mac wound up going to the Patriots Okay, with the 15th pick. Justin Fields has more mobility than Mac Jones, and I think that'll be necessary given that Bears offensive line. I don't think that Bears offensive line is anything to write home about. We saw many times last year where you know, quarterbacks had to run for their lives. Uh, Andy Dalton is probably going to have to run for his. Now, Matt Nagy still says that Andy Dalton's the starter this year, and that's fine, but you're going to be paying Justin Fields a pretty good chunk of change. And I don't think there's any question that most people believe that Justin Fields is the heir apparent and the future of the Chicago Bears franchise. And what we saw on Thursday night is that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy basically said, we are rolling the dice and tying our future to this kid. Mm. Because if Justin Fields doesn't pan out, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are done in Chicago. What's going through the mind of Andy Dalton during that draft? And he sees that. Does he kind of know the score of the game? This is probably my... One He's got season? a one-year deal. Okay. He's got a one-year deal. So, yeah, I would think so. Okay. And what Andy Dalton needs to do is say, okay, I got a one-year deal as a starter in the NFL here with the team. I need to do as well as I can so that I can make something off of this so that I can continue and extend my career. Yeah. Because if it doesn't happen and Fields winds up replacing Dalton midway through the season – Andy Dalton's days are numbered. Give me off the top of your head one quarterback that got drafted and made an impact immediately in the season. Uh, Andrew Luck. Immediately. Andrew Luck with the Colts was 11-5 and in his first year. Now, the Colts were a really good team when they drafted Andrew Luck. And Andrew Luck made a lot of mistakes in his first year, and he had a really good franchise around him. It is tough. You know, Trevor Lawrence is drafted by Jacksonville. Jacksonville's woeful. Trevor Lawrence, I don't think, is taking the Jaguars to the playoffs next year. Uh, right behind him, the Zach Wilson from BYU. He's not taking the Jets to the playoffs next year. Now, Trey Lance in San Francisco is an interesting situation because San Francisco already has Jimmy Garoppolo. So will Trey Lance even see the field next year? I don't know. I think Lawrence and Wilson are going to play for the Jags and the Jets. I don't know if Trey Lance has to play for the 49ers right away. Fields, I think he'll get on the field at some point because chances are Andy Dalton chances are Andy Dalton gets hurt at least for a game, right? Or the Bears don't play well and they decide midway through the season we're going to go time change, <laughs> right? Uh, but typically, rookie quarterbacks in the NFL struggle. Because it's a different game. It's a different game. Speed, strength. Yeah. You, you're you playing 18 to 21-year-olds. 
kids. Well, now you're playing a wider age group, much different experience level, much more complex offenses than what you typically see in college. Uh, quarterback like Fields might make a lot of plays running the football. Well, you're not going to run the football as much in the NFL because you're taking hits from some large, angry people whose salaries depend on maybe putting you out. Okay. So you're you're playing against the creme de la creme, and it shows up that first year typically. All right. Ready to get into baseball? <laughs> Do you want to? If we have to. <laughs> Let's start with the good news. Okay. And that's Notre Dame baseball. Baseball America rankings came out this morning, and Notre Dame has skyrocketed to number two. Now, I remember back in 2001, Pulmonary had a team ranked number one for a few weeks. So number two, obviously the highest ranking since then. Link Jarrett's team clubbed North Carolina like a baby seal over the weekend. I mean, they just beat the tar out of the Tar Heels. 19-5 to yesterday. They scored 36 runs in the three games combined. And they're playing as well as anybody in the nation. They've won six in a row. Arkansas is number one, and there sits Notre Dame at number two. And it's incredible the turnaround this guy has made. And I think we've discussed this before on the show, but if we haven't, I'll bring it up. You just wonder if Notre Dame can hang on to him. You just wonder if some traditional baseball power who isn't playing as well as Notre Dame right now will come to link Jarrett with a boatload of money and say, here you Do go. Do what you did there. Right. Here. Turn the program around. Yeah. Or get it on the map. And, and Notre Dame has not been known for paying its Olympic sports coaches. Sure, football, basketball, women's basketball, hockey, I think they're very competitive in what they pay. Some of the other sports... Not as much as some of the other programs in the nation. So we'll see how long they can hang on to Link Jarrett. But what I say to Notre Dame fans all the time is enjoy this ride as it's going on. Number two. You're number two in the nation. Enjoy it. Good for them. Now, Major League Baseball, the Cubs starting pitching is awful. It's like number two, but a different kind of number two. (laughs) Exactly. And they lose two out of three to the Reds over the weekend. The Reds. Nicholas Castellanos. Remember when we were really excited because he was a Cub? And remember when I was really excited telling the Cubs to hang on to him? And remember when the Cubs didn't and he went to Cincinnati? And then remember Sunday when he got five hits, including the walk-off against the Cubs in the 10th and beat him 13-12? to 12 And made me post the angry panda <laughs> meme on my Twitter? It was there for you. Ugh. No, they're difficult to watch. I mean, Chris Bryant's having a great year. Chris Bryant is locked in, and and he's putting up numbers that would be an MVP-like season. But it's hard to be the MVP when you're in last place. I mean, Andre Dawson did that one year. But who wants to be the MVP with the last place team? So we'll see if David Ross can get this ship turned around. I, I think there's one person that can fix this for the Cubs. And that's Mark McGill. <laughs> and he will join us later on the show, correct? Yes, the voice that you are very familiar with will be on the PA tonight at Wrigley Field, and we'll talk to him. Okay. Let's finish out the baseball segment, and then we can get to Mark. The White Sox lose Sunday 5 nothing to Cleveland. 
Sox have been really up and down. They might be losing their outfielder, Luis Robert, for a period of time with an injury, so that's another blow to that team. They're a game and a half behind Kansas City. I still reiterate, they're in much better position to make a run in the AL Central right now than the Cubs are because at least the White Sox get some semblance of starting pitching. Lucas Giolito didn't throw badly yesterday, just didn't have offensive support. Then there's the Tigers, who have no offense whatsoever. Uh, they get beat by the Yankees yesterday 2-0. Now, Corey Kluber is going to do that to some teams. He threw a two-hitter. But the Tigers, Corey, are on pace to lose 117 games. If they keep up the current pace that they're on, they will finish the year with 45 wins and 117 losses. I'm going to go out of limb here and say that's not good. <laughs> Are you sure you yeah. want to put yourself I'm out there? I'm going to go out on that limb and say that's not good. <laughs> but what is good is Mark McGill. Yes, and you'll hear the story of how this South Bend guy gets into Wrigley Field and on a microphone next. Look Trailers is searching for dedicated people to join their team. They're hiring immediately for skilled positions, including welders, starting at $21 to $25 per hour. If you're looking for work in a great atmosphere that's focused on safety, working smart, and bettering the team every day, then Look Trailers is for you. They're located only 24 minutes from Goshen and just 9 minutes from White Pigeon, Michigan. Their family of brands include Look Trailers, Pace American, Cargo Express, and Everlight Trailers. Fly online at looktrailers.com today. Look Trailers is an equal opportunity employer. He's a recognizable voice in Michiana. If you hit the radio dial in the morning, he'd pop up somewhere sometime. And if you've been to a South Bend Cubs game the last couple of years, he's that very entertaining voice MC that handles all the fun aspects of the game. But tonight, he takes it up to a new level. We're so excited for him. Let's say good morning. And hello to Mark McGill. Hello, my friends. How are you? Good, Mark. How are you? I am, uh, I think I'm okay. It's kind of like living in a dream world and my head spinning, but I think I'm okay. I uh, was so excited when your Facebook announcement popped up uh, about PA announcing with the, Sh- the Chicago Cubs. I was in that booth a couple of summers ago, Mark, and I took the tour and talked my uh, host into letting me sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. So but there were, for some reason there was a connection point when you posted that photo, it's like, I've been there, I've looked up there during a game, I've heard the voice, and now you're that guy. Tell me how that all unfolded. Uh, I, uh, you know, first of all, best seat in the house, right? I mean, you've been up there. It's the best seat in the, in the house. I saw online that the normal uh, public address announcer had resigned uh, to chase his dream of full-time radio, The Fool. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, he resigned three weeks before the opening before opening day, and so I had a conversation with Andrew Berlin, of course the South Bend Cubs owner, part owner of the Chicago Cubs, dear friend of mine. And I said, "Look, I, you know, <laughs> I'm a giver. I, I, you know, I'm I'm a pal. I'm a friend. I could help out in the interim if they should need somebody." And uh, next thing I know, I'm on a uh, email thread with Andrew Berlin, uh, Crane Kenny, the president of the Chicago Cubs and the vice president of marketing, um, they had found a guy to do the month of April, but that was it. And so after several phone calls and, and, and emails, they said, listen, we need a backup guy. Why don't you come down to the park the Monday before opening day? And we're going to do the run-through, kind of get the video board going and get the timing down. 
you can do the run through, know how to get up to the booth. We'll get you your employee ID, and then you're just on standby as a backup. And I said, perfect. So I do it. As you know, Corey, it's just amazing to be up there. It's so much fun, like a dream come true. And and uh, so I do it, and that's it. And uh, I got a call saying, yeah, Paul can do all of April, but we're going to keep you uh, on the back burner for the backup guy. And I said, perfect. That's great. So I'm in Florida two weeks ago, and I get an email, and they say, hey, we're finalizing the uh, candidates for the permanent position. Do you want to be considered? <laughs> and I, I looked at my wife, Julie, and thought, well, of course I do. So I said, yep. I filled out the application. I had a meeting with the, a Zoom meeting with the head of HR, a Zoom meeting with the head of talent acquisition. Uh, and so I'm still in the running for the permanent gig. As that's all going on, Matt, who is the game day operations guy, calls me and says, look, we know you're in the running for the, for the full-time gig. I need somebody for May. Can you do May? Again, being a giver, you know, I, I said absolutely. So I start tonight with the Dodgers, weather permitting. We'll do the Dodgers series tonight. I'll be back in South Bend Thursday night and then back at Wrigley for the weekend. Oh, my. Head's got to be spinning a little bit. How nervous are you as you get ready for tonight? Um, you know, Chuck, it's a great question because I am a little nervous. And, and, and you, we've all done this a long time, and, and we probably don't get nervous. I'm sure you guys don't get nervous before you, you get on the air, you know, every morning. And, and I haven't either for, for 30 years. So I think it's settling in now. I think it's always been. So I wasn't nervous when I went uh, for the run-through because I, I had no, you know, no pony in the race. I thought, well, start an audition. It's just fun. And I, and I told myself, look, you've got two or three hours in the PA booth at Wrigley Field. Just enjoy it. You may not get up there again. Right. Just just be in the moment and just enjoy it. And so I did. And uh, I went uh, back last Wednesday for a final audition. And uh, and now that I'm sitting, you know, 10 hours from being in that, bo- in that broadcast booth, it's, the nerves are setting in. I, I think once I crack the mic and, and say... You know, good evening and welcome to historic Wrigley Field. Hopefully the nerves leave, and it's just a normal job at that point. Mark, two questions. Uh, the three of us have been in broadcasting for a long time. I know I've done this by myself. I don't know if you have, Chuck. Mark, have you said stuff out loud in the car by yourself to kind of hear what it sounds like or how you'd like to present the names? Have you been working on that? Every single day. I knew I was doing it. Absolutely. Um, you know, and so it's interesting because, you know, it's Wrigley Field. And so it's, histor- you know, very historic. And, and it's, you know, I could be a goofball, obviously, in South Bend because it's minor league baseball. This is the show. This is the mountain. And so I have to find that balance between not just being robotic and having a little personality, but, you know, unlike South Bend where the entertainment and, and the family side of it is, is a big part of it you know on the north side of chicago they come to watch baseball and so i've got to try to find that that excitement that hype uh, a little personality but yet not you know not to get in the way of the product second question is uh pull back the curtain a little bit how much is certifiably scripted and how much of your personality are you allowed to ease in there or is it so much on the front end you don't quite know yet uh, I think a little bit of all of that, Corey. Now, so they want personality, so it'll be scripted. Um, but if I get the, you know, as far as the promotions go, the bullet points in, I mean, I could certainly use use my own words. Um, you know, they'll they'll say things. I mean, the script will say, 
you know, now batting, now batting, now batting. And I can say now at the plate, leading off, uh, up next. I mean, I, I, you know, little things like that. So there's going to be a balance um, between what's scripted and, and giving it some personality. But they want that. They said they want a little personality. They, they want some flair. They want me to make it my own. And so it's going to take a couple of days. I'm sure today is going to just be get through the script and, and you know, say all the uh, most of the words correct. And then I think by tomorrow – I'll kind of settle in and, and, and start to kind of make it my own. So I have a couple questions as well. Game day sure. routine, like what time do you have to get to the ballpark? And then when can when do you leave after the game? So today I uh, my report time is 3, um, Chicago time. Gates are two hours before first pitch, and first pitch tonight is 640. So uh, I don't know if that will be, you know, tonight being my first night, I'm still trying to figure out where the bathroom is in, in the broadcast booth. So I, I've got some things to do. And, and, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the get-there-early kind of guy and make sure you're prepared. Um, I have gone over the, uh, the names of the Dodgers players. You know, obviously I know the Cubs players' names. I've been over the Dodgers players' names all weekend long. I had the, the lineup, and as Corey mentioned, I've been practicing. So, I'll be there at 3, uh, and I assume, again, my first game tonight, I don't really know, but I would imagine shortly after I say goodnight to everybody, I can I can get out of there. Well, and that kind of leads to a follow-up question on the first question. Yeah, what happens if you do have to go to the bathroom during the game? I think you learn to go really fast, right? We've all been in radio playing uh, playing a Beatles song in our career, and you uh, when you have to go, you have to go, so... So the, as Corey knows, the uh, the PA booth is in the corner of press row. We are two down from the uh, TV booth and three down from the radio booth. And so there's a whole press row up there with, with a restroom because the broadcasters have to go as well. And so, um, you know, one of the nice things at, at Wrigley with the two video boards is I think the job of the public address announcer is a little bit easier because they can get some of those messages conveyed on the video board. Sure. You know, back in the day... Or at Notre Dame, for example, when I do Notre Dame women's volleyball, you're pretty much, you know, you're 90% of the announcements uh, for the fans. Um, at Wrigley, I think there'll be times that, that the video board will take care of it and I can hopefully sneak out. And then who does your gig at the South Bend Cubs games while you're up being Mr. Big Cigars and Motor Cars? <laughs> well, it's so i got to be honest with you. That's a, uh, the fact that I'm missing opening day tomorrow night is, is a little sad. Uh, you know, South Bend's my family. I mean, in, in it, without South Bend, I'm not going to Wrigley Field tonight. So we've got enough guys. There's a guy by the name of Greg Sims, who is the normal public address announcer at Four Winds Field. He will fill in for me uh, when I'm not there. And then uh, JT will do the public address announcing. So there, there are enough guys to kind of to kind of fill it in. So when I had to make that phone call to, uh, to Chris Hagstrom Jones, the assistant general manager, and say, I said, hey, Chris, Chicago called. They want me to fill in. He said, that's great. When? And I said, next Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And there was just dead silence on the phone because yeah. I mean, it's opening night tomorrow night. It's the first time in two years there's baseball. They're going to raise the championship banner. And, and um, you know, I, I'm, I'm sad I'm missing that. But I guess if I have to miss it, I'll have a pretty good seat uh, at Wrigley. I was, I've been thinking about you since that, that posting, Mark. And I just I want to kindly remind you that um, – you are going to be a part of someone's first game tonight. And that first walk into Wrigley Field, that first glance at the Ivy, maybe a first home run, you know, and uh, you're a part of that. I just, I find that uh, so cool as far as, 
you know, legacy. You're one of those guys, and, you know, maybe they pick up a program. Is your name in the program? That's always cool. Uh, I'm going to get there early and write my name in all the programs. So <laughs> there yes, you go. My name will be in the program. Maybe get a stamp. <laughs> <clears throat> That's a good idea. See, I need you on my team as part of my guy. <laughs> I'm the stamper. Well, for Corey and myself, let me just say congratulations. And you didn't ask us for any advice, but I'm going to give you four words of advice <laughs> that right. I think will carry you through on the day, Mark. All right. Don't screw it up. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, and so my father uh, passed a couple of years ago, and and he was a lifelong Cubs fan, season tickets. I grew up at the park, and so I've got a picture of my father at Four Winds Field uh, holding my microphone with a a Cubs hat on and his Cubs jersey, and I'm going to have that picture with me in the booth today uh, in every game, and uh, when when things get a little uh, little nerve-wracking, I'll just look down at Dad, and, and things will be okay. We know you're busy, but uh, super proud of you, and enjoy the experience as best you can, okay? Boys, thank you so much. Uh, it's an honor talking to you, and I appreciate it. I mean, again, you guys being fellow broadcasters, it's just, it's, it's just crazy. I'm waiting to come off the cloud and have it all settle in, because right now it all seems like it's still, you know, unreal. All right, my man, and thanks for referring to us as broadcasters, using that, <laughs> using that word in the loosest sense. Well, I, I had air quotes. You just can't see it. Thank you. <laughs> I'll see you guys later. All Thanks, right, Mark. Mark. Thank Good you. luck. Look Trailers is searching for dedicated people to join their team. They're hiring immediately for skilled positions, including welders, starting at $21 to $25 per hour. If you're looking for work in a great atmosphere that's focused on safety, working smart, and bettering the team every day, then Look Trailers is for you. They're located only 24 minutes from Goshen and just 9 minutes from White Pigeon, Michigan. Their family of brands include Look Trailers, Pace American, Cargo Express, and Everlight Trailers. Fly online at looktrailers.com today. Look Trailers is an equal opportunity employer. There's one local note that I want to discuss, and this happened, unfortunately, on Thursday. We haven't had a chance to discuss it, and that is the passing of longtime Concord coach Jim Hott. I shouldn't say longtime. He was only the head coach of Concord basketball for 11 years. 11 glorious years. The years of Sean Kemp and Jamar Johnson and Jeff Massey, and the years when Concord won 61 straight home games, and they finished runner-up in the state twice. And Jim passed away of cancer at the age of 64 last Thursday after having his cancer bout complicated by COVID. But, man, those 11 years at McEwen Jim were something. He just turned that place around. When he got hired, and and I posted this story last week, when he got hired, the Concord people said, you know, Jim, if we could finish around 500 and, and be marginally competitive, we'd be very happy with that. And I think he surpassed those expectations just a wee bit. Yeah, you told me a great story. I can't remember if we did this on the Yak or just I I was so curious about they had to move the game to Notre Dame when Sean was playing. Sean Kemp is playing in 1988. At that time, St. Joe had a really good team. In fact, Concord went to the state finals in 88 and 90. St. Joe went in 89. So St. Joe had a the up-and-coming team. And Concord was to play at St. Joe at Alumni Gym. Alumni Gym only seats maybe 2,500 people. And the ticket demand for that game was going to be incredible. So they moved it to the Joyce Center. And at that time, the seating capacity in the Joyce Center was 11,345. 
And I think at the time that they decided to sell tickets for the game, they figured, okay, we got the lower bowl filled. You know, we'll be good. Well, the the line for tickets that night, this was when Juniper Road was still open between the stadium and the football stadium. Yes. The football stadium and the Joy Center. And the line for tickets that night extended all the way out to Edison. And so people are lined up. And I got to the gym to do live shots at 6. And I think it was scheduled to be a 7.30 tip-off. And they had to hold up tip-off as they were getting fans into the gym. And you would see the bleachers get pulled out upstairs. And then like ants, these these people would just swarm to seats. And then there would be another. And they filled 11,435 for a local high school game. And Kemp put on a show that night. He had some incredible dunks and windmill jams, and, and Concord won the game. St. Joe gave him, a, gave him a tussle, but Concord won the game. And that that was one of the peak moments, I think, for high school basketball in this area. I'm pretty sure that's on YouTube, by the way. I would encourage somebody to go take a look at it. Because okay. after you told me that story, I think I watched a few minutes of that game. It's, it's available. Yeah. So. So Jim Hahn was a part of that, um, another guy that cancer has claimed way too soon. He had a very successful sales career at Welch Packaging afterwards, was very active in the Elkhart community. But, man, I've been in contact with a couple of players since his passing. They they hurt. They miss their old coach. Yeah. Well, thanks for saying something, Chuck. Sure. I appreciate that. Uh, it's it's a busy show. Hope you enjoyed it. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Feel free to leave us a review, what we're doing absolutely wrong and why, and just go into great detail. We love reading that stuff. You're on Twitter, right? At 46 Sports. You've been some, doing some good tweets. I've been enjoying you this weekend. Some Thank good you. tweets. Thank Solid you. B plus, healthy A minus. Well, we, we do what we can. I'm on Twitter, too. At my name is Corey the Yak at Sports Yak with two Ks. Until next time. Yak fans. Gaylord Perry. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sport Check. Sport Check. Sport Check is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done. Sport Check Podcast brought to you by Look Trailers. Searching for dedicated people to join their team. They're hiring immediately for skilled positions, including welders, starting at $21 to $25 per hour. Located only 24 minutes from Goshen, 9 minutes from White Pigeon, Michigan. Visit LookTrailers.com. Look Trailers is an equal opportunity employer.